Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. everyone and welcome into wake and take it's your boy jason and we have some football to talk about today i'm joined by a very special guest chase vernon he's making his third appearance on the wake and take he's returned to the roto underworld doing the big tilt which we'll talk about in a bit he's giving us some dfs advice breaking down thursday night football and helping me break down some of the news that went down yesterday so why don't we sit back why don't we relax? Why don't we sip our coffee and enjoy the show? Good morning, Chase. How's it going, man? What's up, man? How are we doing today? How are we doing? Doing all right. I'm, I'm excited to have you back on. It's always a great time when you're with me. And I know you've got some fantastic Thursday night football advice for the audience. However, However, we're not going to talk about Thursday night football yet. We have some news to cover, and we're going to start things off with the preseason Nickelodeon's most valuable player, Deuce Vaughn, has come home with the blimpy. Uh, congratulations to Mr. Vaughn. Do you have any expectations for him this season? Uh, I mean, hopefully he grows a little bit, gets a little bit taller for what we're hoping. I mean, he's about the same size as half the kids that voted for him, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a good one half the size of half the kids that voted for him congratulations to you deuce fawn i hope we uh can see you on the football field for more than a few games and you can stay healthy with that frame you did look good you did look good this preseason and uh speaking of health Cooper Cup is officially out for week one with this hamstring injury it seems to be a little bit worse then just a hamstring injury. He went to Minnesota this weekend to meet with a specialist. Nothing came out about what that specialist said. He was still with them on Monday, last I checked. So three days with this specialist in a whole nother state. That was concerning to me. However, to me, and I'm curious your take, when I see him ruled out for week one, I feel a little bit more confident drafting him because I feel like that means the Rams are taking their time and actually letting him get up to full health before throwing him out there but but how are you reading into this i mean we've seen cooper cup deal with injuries his entire career yeah. like this is not something new you know whether it's a nagging injury injury excuse me that keeps him out for you know a couple games a couple plays whatever it is we've just seen him have these 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 injuries from time to time so it makes me a little bit nervous right it makes me a little bit nervous for cooper cup that he is taking so long to get back but this is something where hell we might not even see him you know till week four week six maybe even yeah. week eight. So if you draft him, that's unfortunate, but he should be back for the playoffs, which is really what you want. You know, the Rams as a whole seem like a team that's ready to just rebuild. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how long Cooper cup is going to remain with this team. Matthew Stafford's going to remain with this team. 
Um, but it really makes no sense if they go, you know, if they're sitting there week eight and they only have a couple wins on the season to, to rush Cooper Cup back at that point. So it definitely makes me nervous. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if he'll be out that long, uh, but I mean, we'll see. As we know now, Sean McVay was asked if the IR is a possibility for Cooper Cup, and he didn't dismiss it. He didn't say like, no, he's not going on the IR. He didn't say he was going on the IR either. Uh, but still, the fact that that's still on the table is definitely concerning. Um, I saw something this morning from Adam Schefter that it might actually be some nerve damage in his hamstring, which is, I don't, I don't really know what that means for the longevity of, 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 of a playing career, really. Uh, I imagine it's like any other injury where it's just about pain management. But I mean, really, who knows? I'm not a doctor. Um, I still think, though, that at the value you're getting him right now, especially if you're a win now dynasty team, he could be a buy. Uh, for what he can give you at the end of the year at, at his price right now. I don't know. What are you thinking? Uh, well, first off, you said you're not a doctor, but I thought if you have a Twitter account, you're automatically qualified to become a doctor, right? Isn't that, right. Isn't that the rule on Twitter is, is hey, you got a Twitter account. You're now a doctor. You can tell everybody what you think. But no, <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if you're somebody that, that has a, a Cooper Cup on your roster and you want to try and move him, I honestly would be cool with like a early second round pick or something. And I know that's a little bit like a hottish take, but you know, it, it's tough. Like, if you look at, like, the Todd Gurley situation, how quick his value deteriorated, you know, or anybody when when it comes to that aspect. Cooper Cup might be at his highest point right now, even though he's injured, because we don't know how long he's going to be sitting out for. There could still be a team that has hope, right, that has hope that he could come back within a couple of weeks and, and be good to go throughout the rest of the season. But like I said, he's never been healthy outside of that one that one year. So yeah. I'm, I'm cool with moving him. Okay. Cool. I, I'm on the buy side. I think you're on the move side. I think either one is fair. It really just comes down to what kind of return you're getting or how much he costs. Before we move on, let me ask you this question. Is it Tyler Higby's season or is there a Rams wide receiver that you're getting excited for? No, just no. <laughs> um, I mean, Tyler Higby had one of the best four game stretches in history of fantasy football, right? Yep. That that four game stretch was absolutely uh, in, insane in terms of output, but outside of that, uh, he's gave you mediocre output. Like maybe I think it's like 4.2 fantasy points per game throughout his career outside of that stretch. I'm not really interested in any of them, but if somebody's going to be on the field, it's going to be Van Jefferson throughout the entire season. We all know Tutu Atwell deals with health issues. We know that Puka Nakua is a, a fifth round pick, right? So he get replaced as soon as Cooper Cup comes back, or he get replaced by a free agent. Meanwhile, Van Jefferson has been running the same routes, been doing the same thing since he came in. Maybe they add a little bit to his route tree and to his repertoire, which could actually increase the value. So if there's anybody on this team, I would take Van Jefferson. Okay. I, I think that's totally fair. If there's a wide receiver, it's Van Jefferson for me. I am curious to see the Puka Nakua-Ben Skoronek battle. I know that Nakua has gotten a ton of hype. I'm not really there yet. I want to see some stuff. I, it, it's a very random hype train for me, I believe. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Van Jefferson, he's already been announced as the number one wide receiver with Cooper Cup out. He had a couple good games with Baker Mayfield that last year. And, I mean, he rocks some nice jewelry while playing. He has a chain while playing. And you can't, yeah. you can't discount that. That adds, like, five points a week to get to, to your upside. So uh, Van Jefferson is somebody that Chase is targeting. Uh, I will say Cam Akers too. Cam Akers is yeah. the big winner in all this because he's going to start yeah. to see some dump off targets. He's going to see more rushing opportunities. As long as he can stay healthy. I love Cam Akers. I have a lot okay. of shares of Cam Akers moving forward. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can rarely get a bell cow 
at the price you're getting Cam Akers for right now. And at one point, he was touted as a top five dynasty running back heading into last season, uh, recovering from that Achilles and everything. So um, I like myself some Cam Akers. I really do. Let's move on to some other news. Uh, and that is that Josh Dobbs has been announced as the starting quarterback for the Cardinals. Just kind of give me your overall opinion on this situation. Maybe the Cardinals in general, maybe Kyler, whatever you want to say. Wasn't Josh Dobbs previously with this offense coordinator? I believe yes. he was. Yeah, that was why they brought him in. Yeah, so, I mean, he knows the system, right? He knows how to operate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that they're going to do a lot of quick passing opportunities, essentially. I think we're going to see a lot of that, um, you know, from Marquise Brown, from, of course, Rondell Moore. Uh, you know, when it comes to to getting guys in this offense, I want the cheapest possible yep. option that still could be relevant, which is almost a tie right now between Rondell Moore and, and uh, McBride. So... Even Zach Ertz. I mean, if I'm going to get a share in this offense, it, it's probably going to be one of those guys. But this is going to be an ugly season for the NFC West. I mean, they were once one of the most dominant divisions in the NFL. Now we're looking at them as probably the lowliest uh, division in the NFL coming up. So a lot of these games, you're going to come to like the Seahawks, right? It could be a blowout up against Arizona. It could be a blowout up against, uh, you know, the Rams. You know, we're looking at opportunities for Kenneth Walker, right? And Zach Charbonnet to, to get some work in. It's just it's a situation where I don't really know that I want pieces of of the Cardinals offense whatsoever. But if I'm going to take one, it's going to be one of the cheaper ones. And I still don't hate Marquise Brown. If you can get him at a value, that's great. If he's falling to you in drafts, you know, 10 spots in the ADP rounds in the ADP, go ahead, and take him. Like he, he's not going to be bad, but he's already dealing with a hamstring injury. And we just don't know how Dobbs is going to be able to operate this offense. He had one one good game, I believe, with the, the Titans. Was it or Browns? Yeah, it was a decent it game. Was the Titans, it was, right? Yeah, it was a decent game. I want to say he pushed 200 yards, didn't yeah. quite get there, but was close. And I don't think there was an interception or anything. Uh, so it was a fine game. It's definitely there. And I mean, he's a he was a rocket scientist at Tennessee. So uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's something there. There's something there. A smart guy, at least. I'll say uh, in terms of the Cardinals player I've been rostering, I have been kind of getting a decent bit of James Conner. Not necessarily because I want to, but because he's just kind of ended up on my squad. Uh, and I have been pairing him with some Keontae Ingram. I do think yes. that that is a really good handcuff for this season. Keontae Ingram is probably one of my most owned best ball targets in the last round. Just yeah. because he's like James Conner, once again, similar to Cooper Cup. He can't stay healthy. Like we can end up seeing Keontae Ingram with a significant snap share, significant workload if something happens to James Conner. And even if it doesn't, James Conner, he can't be playing 90% of the snaps when they're running the ball 60% of the time, right? Which exactly. is what I feel like is going to have to happen. And if they are passing, he's probably going to be involved in the passing game as well, which is great for James Conner. I'm all on board with James Conner. Awesome. But Keonta Ingram is somebody that I think needs to be on the back end of your rosters, uh, you know, going into the first few weeks of the season. You know, I, th I think that he needs to be rostered. I agree. I agree. I think that... It, the handcuff running back market in general is so strange to me, especially how it develops over the offseason, because you see players like Elijah Mitchell, you see players like Jerome Ford get steamed up so much. But then you look at some of the free handcuffs like Joshua Kelly behind an I love Eckler, Joshua Kelly. Right. You've got Keontae Ingram behind James Conner that we just talked about. Maybe like Sean Tucker could turn into something. I don't know. But there are so many cheap and free handcuff running backs but I'm not really taking a chance on the ones that you have to pay up for. I, I don't, I don't see a point in doing that. Uh, so that was a yep. good little discussion that we didn't even plan. That was not on the show sheet, but I appreciate yep. the handcuff market talk. 
Before we get into Thursday night football, I want you to bring us some of your hot takes. And this week, I gave my biggest bust by position, my biggest value by position, and who I believe will finish number one overall at their position. Now it's time for you to answer those questions. Aside from the number one overall, I want you to give me your biggest bust and your biggest value. We'll start with your bust. I mean, there are so many guys that that I think could end up busting this year that I just don't understand, you know, the values where they're going at. Uh, John Dotson, I love John Dotson. I think he's going to be very good. But, you know, we talked about him before the show, and, and he's now going ahead of Terry McLaurin in, in some drafts. And, yeah. Honestly, like he just doesn't have a sustainable touchdown rate from last year. That's what his main fantasy value was was put on. You know, what do, what do we say? 61 targets rate, seven touchdowns. That's absolutely absurd. I'm I, I like John Dotson. I think that he should be drafted, but at his value right now, he's just getting too high. But the big bust for me is Najee Harris. Okay. A dude behind a subpar offensive line over there for the Steelers with an offense that they say they want to increase the the passing workload. Defense hopefully gets back to form with with TJ Watt coming back, but you know it still is spotty and questionable at some aspects throughout the Steelers defense in an offense or in a division that has insanely uh, heavy scoring offenses that they have to face. Najee Harris is somebody that was involved in the the passing game in his rookie year, not so much in his sophomore year. Meanwhile, Jalen Warren is taking snaps. He looks like the more electric running back. It could be a situation that we saw with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard where hell like Warren is clearly a better back than Najee but the draft capital keeps Najee on the field in inefficient situations I am not drafting Najee Harris I have zero shares of him across almost 300 best ball leagues I do not want anything to do with Najee Harris that is so funny we are on complete opposite sides of the spectrum on Najee Harris I actually picked Najee Harris as my surprise number one overall finisher for the running back position. Uh, I like the cost for him right now, and I do envision the Steelers offense running through him as Mike Tomlin has historically used a heavy bell cow running back. I think Jalen Warren sniffed the field a lot last year because of Najee Harris's list Frank injury that he played through, still had 10 touchdowns, still had over 1,000 yards, still had a top 10 opportunity share with one of the worst injuries you can have as a running back. So I think that now that he's fully healthy, Jalen Warren will see the field a little bit less and Najee Harris will see more volume and be a bit more productive than he was last season. But I mean, that Jalen Warren hype is definitely getting a little concerning. It's it's building a little too fast. <laughs> I, I will say we, we had a comment over here in the chat. By the way, what's up, Jamie? We had a comment in the chat. Um, from MLAD saying the Steelers replace half the offensive line. Come on, dude. The Steelers replace half the offensive line. They have a fourth rounder at left tackle with Dan Moore. They have an undrafted free agent with uh, Suamalo over there from Philly. They've got Cole Mason. I'm sorry, Mason Cole over there from Minnesota. James Daniels, undrafted free agent from Chicago. And then a third rounder at right tackle with Okafor or a core four, excuse me. I am so far off this three undrafted free agents, a fourth rounder and a third rounder is their offensive line. And like we said, they, they brought them in. It's a new offensive line. They've got to get, you know, adjusted and fixed together. And trust me as a commanders fan growing up, right? Having a consistent offensive line that is there from year to year is so critical to the chemistry of the offense. And right now they don't have that. Could Broderick Jones take over at some point? Sure. You know, they also have a seventh rounder that could take over at, at left guard. But as of right now, their starting offensive line is not impressive. Yeah, I mean, that's a concerning offensive line. 
to me, that sounds like lots of lots of dump offs to Najee Harris because Kenny Pickett's gonna have no time. But that's just the homer in me. Next up, let's hear your biggest value for 2020. So I have a couple of them. We talked about uh, you know before the show our boy Desmond Ritter, and I just don't yeah. understand how Desmond Ritter. Uh, could fail essentially they've now surrounded him with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson, right? All these guys are getting drafted in the top 50 picks for the most part. You might see Kyle Pitts fall out of that from time to time, but how do we expect all these players to be successful, right? If Desmond Ritter's bad, right? Like there's no way that Desmond Ritter could be subpar, especially with his rushing ability. If we're going to watch all these three guys be successful, Bijan Robinson is going to have to be involved in the, in the receiving game. We're going to see Drake London, what, top 1,000 yards. Kyle Pitts, top at least 800 yards minimum. Meanwhile, yeah. he still has Mac Hollins, a few other guys on that offense, and like I said, the rushing ability. I just don't see how he can fail. And right now, he's going off the board as like a bottom five quarterback. It just doesn't make much sense to me. And they're in a terrible division, too. So, No, yeah, it's it, – uh, he was literally my biggest value yesterday at the quarterback position. I am all in on really the Falcons in general. But, I mean, Desmond Ritter's a big part of that. He fits the scheme so well, and we talked about it a little bit. This offense is going to flow well as well. The defenses are just not going to have enough answers for everything that's going on in a single play with that offense. And so Desmond Ritter is going to be a consistent option. I mean, he just will. And if he's not, then that means you're going to be able to get Taylor Heineke for free, who has the same exact principle. It costs nothing to take the risk that Desmond Ritter has, although he's a better profile than Marcus Mariota, a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. And Marcus Mariota still averaged over 16 points per game last year on the Falcons offense. So again, just go get Desmond Ritter. It is so simple. It is so, so easy. So thank you for giving me your value and your bust. Let's go ahead and hear from our sponsor over at Rival Fantasy, and then we'll do a Thursday night preview. Hey, we've got to talk about Rival Fantasy today. Rival Fantasy, they're a huge supporter of everything we do, the podcast channel, the YouTube channel. It's possible because of Rival, and they have an incredible new offer with promo code PLAYER. Promo code PLAYER, you double your deposit up to $200, and you get $25 in bonus bucks, so it's $225 additional to play in NFL preseason, you can do their props on the fantasy book where it's over, under, over, under, over, under, up to five guys. The more over-unders you hit, the higher your payout. And they have their challenges for the community. You can say, hey, I think that Player X is going to go over this many fantasy points, and someone takes you up on it. They take the other side. It's great. I love their fantasy bingo where you can do five across, you can do four in the corner, black it out, just predicting fantasy points on your favorite players especially in preseason the promo code is player where they match your deposit up to $200 plus those $25 in bonus bucks this offer is insane that offer is insane go check out rival fantasy we just did a whole bunch of listener leagues uh, hosted on the rival fantasy season platform it's a good little platform for really all of your fantasy football needs and your other sports so go check that out Chase, what's up? Back. It's back, baby. Football, 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 football is back. We're excited. And you host a show about daily fantasy, don't you? I do. I sure do, man. Yeah. I I'm very excited about it. Have you heard of it? It's called The Big Tilt. It's on, no, it's on I haven't. Please enlighten me. <laughs> it's on Friday nights, right? It's on Friday nights. So you have plenty of time to, to set your lineups for Sunday, right? And we talk about all things under the sun. If you guys check in over there 
Player Profilers YouTube channel, of course. You guys can go check it out at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, we cover everything from start to finish. Last year, I did it with Jacob Sanderson, and we crushed it. Uh, we had so many different lineups that actually made us money. It was fun walking away with some extra cash at the, at the end of the season. We also used the DFS Optimizer to, to make sure that we're getting in all those different lineups. You guys can go check that out over there at playerprofiler.com. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm ready to rock and roll for this year, and I'm excited to kick it off tonight with Thursday night's game. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. I love tuning into the Big Tilt. It helps me set my DFS lineups because I'm, I'm really no expert. I try my best, but it, it, there's so many players out there, and you guys do a great job highlighting who can break out. Now, you said your shows are on Friday nights, yeah. but I'm sure you still have some advice for tonight's game. Yeah, I sure do. I actually put together a little package just for you, Jason, and, of course, all of you at home watching this show, and I'm excited to dive in to wake and takes thursday night preview with y'all you ready yes let's do it all right we got we got a little bit of a weird situation right because this should be a very high scoring game obviously without chris jones over there uh playing to disrupt this offensive line it's going to be a barn burner in my opinion and with barn burners you typically for the showdown matchups you gotta hit that 100 point threshold preferably get up to 110 maybe even 120 points it doesn't happen often, right? Especially with different offenses. The Chiefs, right, isn't a consolidated target share with Travis Kelsey being out. Even if he does play, you know, we don't know what his snap count's going to be, how limited he's going to be, or if he's going to be heavily involved. So we have to figure out exactly what type of systems, you know, we can approach to try and get to that, that threshold of 100 points, 110 points, 120 points. Typically, you do it by rationing off sections of how you're going to get there. So, for example, I have three different ways to get to that threshold. The first one is going to be somewhat of an even game, right? We're going to see both sides scoring points. You're going to need your captain spot to get 35 points. You're going to need two 20-point scores, 15-point score, two tens. This is typically how you're going to get there with that pricing for the guys that are in these lineups this week. That doesn't. That's not always the case. For example, if we saw like a Bengals-Chiefs game for week 17, for example, uh, you know, you're going to see a lot more consolidated targets to Jamar Chase and to T. Higgins. So we're going to see probably more of a 40-point, 25-25, and then a few fives mixed in there with the pricing. So we need a 35-point score, 20-point score, 20-point score, 15, 10, and 10. The other way, right, is if the Chiefs end up blowing the Lions out of the water, it's not even a close matchup, we're going to need a 40-point score, a 20-20, a 15, a 10, and a 5. If we get a Lions win, right, and the Lions end up blowing them out of the water, we're going to need a 30-point score, a 25-point score, a 20-point score, a 15, a 10, and a 10. So the way that we do this is by breaking down which guys can actually get you there and how you actually want to, to construct these rosters. With that being Wait, said... Before before you go into the lineups, I yep. want to ask, is this how you tackle all your showdown modes? You make one for a close game and then one for each potential blowout? It depends. So, okay. it, you know, let's just say that we have a run-heavy team, right? Let's take a – let's just say that the Falcons aren't as high scoring by week eight and B. John Robinson is, is the entire offense and he's putting up 30 points a game. You know, with the cost at his effect, right, it ends up – you want to try and get a, a, a times-and-a-half multiplier, two-and-a-half times multiplier from your, your primary players, uh, you know, based off of the scoring that they get you. So I try to – build the scenarios for the different games because you want game script. You want to, to build it almost under a, a story mode for the, yeah. for the captain's games. You want everything to correlate essentially. Definitely. 
So if you have a, a game where somebody's getting blown out, right, you think they're going to throw Eagles versus uh, Cardinals week 17, right? And you think that Jalen Hurts is going to end up blowing them out of the water early. You're going to end up stacking Jalen Hurts with A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith. You don't want to do both because if you do both, then that insinuates that the Cardinals are going to be able to keep up with them and that Jalen Hurts is going to be able to continue to pass. If right. you end up going with Jalen Hurts and one of these receivers, and then you end up pairing him with a Rashad Penny, right, for the fourth quarter blowout where he's going to see 15 carries in the fourth quarter alone, possibly two touchdowns, then that insinuates an Eagles blowout. So then okay. you go off the pricing for that and the points based on that. Meanwhile, you have to have something to run it back, right? Because if, if the Eagles are blowing them out, you have to roll with the Cardinals, uh, one of the wide receivers, right, to at least see volume because they're getting targeted so constantly. So that's one way to build it. It just really depends on the game script of the, the game itself. And I think that this could end up in, in three different ways. All three are going to be high scoring, but the Lions are either going to take control and win by you know, X amount of points. We're going to have the Chiefs win by X amount of points, or it's going to be a close game, going to come down to, to a field goal, essentially. But it's still going to be high scoring. So, um, back to it. I think that there are three guys in the captain spot that can get you up to 40 points. Okay. All right, we're talking about Mahomes, Goff, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Traditionally, over the past several years, the lead wide receiver has actually only scored three points less than the top quarterback in the captain spot. So Amon Ross St. Brown, for me, is the only guy that can get you to that 40-point matchup but he can do it very easily. He's also a little bit cheaper. I think he's actually more expensive than Goff, but he's cheaper than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is expensive yeah. this week. And, and it's full PPR for uh, DraftKings, right? So I like that a lot. Yeah, meanwhile, you have the 30-point thresh 35-point threshold. I don't think there's anybody that can get you up to that 35-point threshold in the captain spot outside of Mahomes, Goff, and Amon Ra. I do think that Gibbs can get you that 30-point threshold, right? So now we have those options of who we want to build around uh, with that captain spot in play. But the thing is, is, is how are we going to get all these dudes into our lineups while still being able to afford playing the primary spots? So we have the non-captains spots, right? The guys that we're going to throw in. And we have Gibbs can get you up to 25, Mahomes and Goff. All three can get you up to 25. Meanwhile, the 20s are going to be more like Monty can get you there and McKinnon can get you there. We've seen it happen time after time. Meanwhile, Sky Moore is more for me on the – he can hit you the 20 side, right? But I don't think that he's a guarantee to get you to that 20-point threshold. I think that he's going to be more of a 15-point threshold guy. We also have MBS that can get you there. We've seen Marvin Jones surprisingly do it from time to time. And I think Isaiah Pacheco can get you there as well. So now we have those tiered out guys. Last but not least, we have the 10-point threshold people. And these are the guys that we can typically find at values. And if they end up going off, great, but they are riskier plays. Sam Laporte is one of them. Justin Watson's one of them. And depending on if Kelsey plays or not, Noah Gray is the last guy. So now that we figured out who we want to actually attack, we need to figure out who we also want to avoid. And Kadarius Tony at his pricing is way, way, way too high. Uh, you know, we're talking, I love Kadarius Tony. All right. Kadarius Tony is one of my favorite players. I think that he's a great fantasy asset right now. And I think that he ends up playing and being a, a guy that can win you a league. But this week, I don't really see him taking more than a 35, 40% snap share just because of his injuries and because they want to keep him healthy at his pricing, right? It would insinuate his pricing right now is sitting at seven K that would wow. insinuate that he's going to be getting you at least about 20 points or so. I don't see that happening in terms of getting that, that volume right in order to get there, right? He'd have to have two touchdowns, 
70 receiving yards, X amount of, uh, of receptions, and it just, it's not going to happen for me, right? So I want to avoid Kadarius Tony for week one. I'm not going to be playing him in the captain spots. Meanwhile, I'm going to avoid both defenses because, like we said, we think it's going to be a barn burner. Jared Goff can throw some interceptions. So, sure, if you want to go out there and you want to play the Chiefs as a, you know, a shot, we can do that. But I'm not messing around with that. Uh, and the kickers, the kickers are fine. If you want to roll out a kicker, you know, in an occasional lineup, that's fine. But once again, I think it's going to be more of a shootout. I think they come away with maybe one field goal per guy because they're going to need to keep up with the scoring on each side. So let's go ahead and let's talk about how we're actually going to do the build, right? Because if you want to run out Patrick Mahomes in that spot, you're going to have to play some combination of Judson, Justin Watson, excuse me, Noah Gray, if Travis Kelsey doesn't play. And who is the other guy? Oh, Josh Reynolds, right? And Josh Reynolds is actually a value. Josh Reynolds, keep in mind, averaged 13.7 points per game over his first five games of the season last year. And one of those games only put up 1.8 points. Uh, meanwhile, he was giving you 15 points, 20 points. And at his cost, it's practically nothing. That's a huge deal. I'm going to have a lot of Josh Reynolds in these upcoming lineups just to make the pricing works. Meanwhile, we have Justin Watson, who's going to be cycling in. He's probably going to see a 40% snap share, but he's only at 200 bucks. Right. Like all he needs is one catch for, you know, let's just save 20 yards. And that's a that's a profit. Technically, Does, is that a guy that I want to put in every single lineup? No. But is he somebody that can absolutely explode? And if he gets you three catches for 30 yards and a touchdown, I mean, that's a league winner. Right. That's going to make any lineup with Patrick Mahomes, almost any lineup with Patrick Mahomes work. But my favorite lineups is to go with either Jared Goff and the captain because Jared Goff is actually cheaper than Amon Ross St. Brown, or go with Amon Ross St. Brown to get a little bit of variance. Now you have to build around what you think the game is going to happen. And of course, if you're going with Patrick Mahomes and you think it's going to be a blowout, you want to do that lineup where, hey, he gets you 40 points, that's great. You're going to play a lot of Sky Moore, right? You're going to play a lot of MVS. And that's going to happen in a lot of different lineups. You have to figure out ways to create variance in that. Well, the way to create variance in that is by essentially added in Justin Watson as the third stacked guy and assume that the pass catchers aren't going to be as heavily involved. There's also another road where you can involve Isaiah Pacheco because a lot of people know that Justin or uh, Jared McKinnon is the guy to, to stack, you know, with that in the receiving game. But if they get up big and Patrick Mahomes throws for four touchdowns, and they're beating the, the lions by, you know, let's say 14 points, right? It's going to be Isaiah Pacheco throughout the whole fourth quarter. We might see some Clyde edwards helaire And I still think that Clyde edwards helaire by the way, is a play uh, in some of these lineups. I think they can absolutely get you there. Let's not forget what happened this first few weeks of the season last year. And it's going to be so funny when Twitter explodes, right? When Twitter explodes, when CEH takes the first snap. Dude, so I'm so ready for just football to be here. Just for really all of those things. So many takes all off season. You know, and that, and then of course it's going to be Clyde Oder and Tolaire getting a touchdown. Of course, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So creating that variance by playing Pacheco in lineups with uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to be great. But trying to find that variance, I think, is going to be key to this game, uh, just because of how high scoring it is. So of course you want to play the Amon Ross St. Browns. Of course you want to play the Patrick Mahomes. Of course you want to play Jared Goff. You know, you you want to stack McKinnon with that. You want to get in some Sky more. Uh, just uh, Justin Watson makes a lot of that happen, but you need to create variance. And I think that also, by the way, no gray is going to be way overplayed if Travis Kelsey is ruled uh, out for this game. Okay. So would you say then if Travis Kelsey is out that you shouldn't do Noah gray, because that's going to be the chalk move or just that it'll be fine. You've just got to make sure you have variances with some other players. You have to make sure you have variance, but you're creating a lot of, uh, 
risk essentially by playing uh you know variants along with noah gray because if noah gray doesn't go off you're probably going to eliminate 40 percent of the field i think he's going to see at least a 40 percent ownership if not more uh, however he's cheap right so if if you eliminate that that doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily win because of the more expensive guys they played noah gray knowing that the outcome could be two for 20 yards or two for 40 yards and all of a sudden or i should say four 40 yards and all of a sudden, that's actually a value at that point. So I'm not saying fade Noah Gray entirely, but I'm going to go a little bit against the field and say that I'll only play him in like 15% of lineups, maybe 10% of lineups, um, so that I do kind of leverage that uh, aspect of the, the DFS lineup. Awesome. Cool. Well, I appreciate that DFS talk. I think that that's going to be fantastic. I'm going to go build my lineup right after this, and I think you have sold me on the Sun God as my captain. I think I'm going to go with him in this and uh, see what I'll let you know who else I, I squeeze in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, keep in mind, like Clyde Edwards layer, will probably only see about 5% ownership in the captain spot. The captain spot's going to be primarily overwhelmed by the three guys that we mentioned, yeah. right? Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, and, uh, and um, Amon Ross St. Brown. It creates a little bit of a leverage point by playing a guy like Gibson there or Dave Montgomery, yeah. but it's going to be tough to see either one of those guys get up to the point that we need them to hit. Uh, to to get off of the the Patrick Holmes, the Jared Goff, and the Aminah St. Brown. So it could have happened absolutely. And Dave Montgomery is going to be a guy. I hate Dave Montgomery with a passion, but he is going to be a guy that I play in the captain spot tonight, probably in about 10 to 15% of my lineups, just to be able to leverage. Because we saw what happened with with Williams last year in, in terms of the touchdowns, right? If Dave Montgomery comes away with 15 carries for 30 yards and three touchdowns, that's a massive win because that all of a sudden takes away from Jared Goff, right? Jared Goff isn't going to put that up. Amonoff St. Brown is now out. So I'm going to play a lot of the, the Chiefs guys in hopes that maybe the Lions end up going up big on them and the Chiefs have to play catch up towards the fourth quarter and Dave Montgomery comes away with three touchdowns. That, that's also in the realm of possibilities. But it's tough for me to get away from one of these guys when you have like a Bengals matchup and you could have Joe Mixon in the cap and you could have Joe Burrow in the cap and you could have uh, you know, Jamar Chase or Higgins all in the captain spot on just one side. This this game, it's pretty much consolidated to just three players. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the game, man. I'm, I, I have just a couple questions for you, just about the really just kind of about the teens in general, not really even about tonight's game, but uh, just real quick. Is there a Chiefs wide receiver you're betting on? Yeah, I think that Sky Moore is going to do uh, well this game. I think that we need to keep an eye on MVS. MVS is probably going to end up running the most routes of anybody on this team uh, this season, especially if Travis Kelsey ends up being out for more than one week. Um, MVS runs the same routes. He's always out there, and we know that Detroit can give up some big plays. We saw it all year last year, and although that defense is improved, uh, there's still a possibility that he comes away with a couple of touchdowns on this one. So a couple of touchdowns is great, but like if you're getting those two touchdowns for a total of 40 yards, two catches, two touchdowns, that's not going to win you in the captain, right? So you don't want to bet too heavily on them, but you can always include them in your lineup. Cool. I appreciate that. And then with the Lions, how quickly do you think Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs, both of these rookies, are going to be heavy contributors to this offense this season? So I actually have a lineup that I already built with both those guys in there. Uh, I think that they could both hit this week, and at their pricing, they're they're you know dirt cheap to where they could end up finishing. I think that they're both going to have major impacts throughout the year. What I find interesting is the Lions don't have a deep threat, right? And they said not all yes. wide receivers, not only wide receivers have to have 
yeah, yet, yet, up until Jameson Williams, right? Um, but not all, he said, what is it? Not only wide receivers have to run deep routes or something on those lines, which could yeah. insist that either Sam Laporta is going to be running the deep routes or maybe the end of motioning Jamar Gibbs the outside in running back situations. And all of a sudden we're looking at Jamar Gibbs being that dude that runs the deep routes up against linebackers, right? Like if that they end up taking crazy. the So I think that there's a shot there for it to happen immediately uh, in week one. I think that the Chiefs won't see it coming. And, you know, what better way to roll out Jamar Gibbs as a deep threat than other than beating the Chiefs in week one, you know, on a, on a deep throw to end the game. But no, I, I do think that there is a immediate impact from those guys. And I would definitely set lineups because I don't think there's too many people that are willing to put both Jamar, uh, Jameer Gibbs, excuse me, I keep on saying Jamar, Jameer Gibbs and Slam Laporta in that lineup. Uh, to start week one for DFS. No, definitely. I mean, it's a risky move, but I think it could pay off. One of the reasons I had been touting Sam Laporta all offseason is because of the Jamison Williams suspension and the fact he's going to be thrown to the Wolves immediately and he's going to be asked to do a lot. I mean, he's so I, I'm excited to see what he can do with it. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, he can take some pressure off of Mon Ross St. Brown over the middle and it all really works smoothly. I do see a comment here in the chat. Rubio says that the Chiefs general manager said that he would not bet on Kelsey not playing and that the old man will be out there. So we'll see. I can't fact check that as I'm live, but I'm going to, I'm going to trust Rubio there. I'm assuming that Travis Kelsey is going to be on enough tour at all to kill an elephant. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be playing him though, to be honest. Like no, not the DFS. I think he's no. the second most expensive player in the slate. Yeah. yeah he's sitting over there at, uh, at 12 K, which is $100 less than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so, no. I mean, like that's just not, no. Not a smart play, um, in my opinion, especially once all the rookies start getting their bets in for DFS, the people that are just kicking it off. Cool, cool. Oh, and it was on Good Morning Football, so we'll see. We'll see. So that means, you know, maybe those who already submitted their Noah Gray lineups, they might be eliminated. Let's go ahead and get your take on who wins the game. Then I'm going to let you plug and get you guys out of here. Who's winning tonight's game? What's the score? And who is today's MVP? God, all right. I'm gonna go with uh, Jared Goff is the game MVP. All right, okay. we're we're gonna see Amon Ross St. Brown likely covered by Legarius Sneed, which makes me a little bit nervous because he was very good in coverage last year. Um, I think that Josh Reynolds could be heavily involved facing the left corner. He um, left corner last year. I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, but he gave up a ton of of big plays last season and a lot of volume, which was a bigger aspect when he did play. Um. I think that Jared Goff still uses Amon Ross St. Brown, of course, still gets, you know, Josh Reynolds involved, involved, excuse me, gets Sam LaPorta involved, gets Jameer Gibbs involved, and essentially spreads the ball around to all these guys. Meanwhile, I think that he ends up winning the game on, let's say, let's say by three, but the game-winning play will actually be a touchdown by Jared Goff to, let's say Jameer Gibbs, just have fun with it, and say the score is going to be 34 31 wow fun one i like that a lot i like that a lot i think that's a great score i'm gonna go a little bit hotter i'm gonna say the lions win by 17 what yeah i'm gonna say 37 to 20 i don't know how it gets there 37 to 20 i don't know <laughs> and then i'm gonna go also jared goff this game's mvp before you plug I did see in the comments here, it is our friend Jamie's birthday. Happy birthday, Jamie. Dude, happy birthday, man. That's awesome. 
That is awesome. That is awesome. I love Jamie. Yeah, I know. Jamie, Jamie, thank you so much for tuning in all the time. You're great. You're, you're great. Always love seeing you. And I'm glad that today is your birthday. You get some football. You get the Jason Chase Wake and Take special. It's a good, good day for you. Chase, give us your plugs. Oh, you guys can find me over there at FF underscore intervention on Twitter. I'm constantly uh, tweeting DFS takes, uh, season long takes as well. Some hot takes, nothing too hot, though, nothing too spicy. I don't like to, to just do that for attention. So everything that I'm tweeting out there is is something I believe in and something significant that could affect your fantasy lineups coming out. So go check me out over there on at F underscore intervention on Twitter. And then tomorrow night, tomorrow night on the Roto Underworld, Player Profiler YouTube channel, the DFS ooh, show ooh. with Bo McBriar is going to be my guest tomorrow night. It'll be at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Once again, that's on the Player Profiler YouTube channel. You guys are already here. I see y'all in the chat. Big shout out to you guys. Make sure y'all join. To, and bring your pens and pencils, right? Bring your notepads. Let's come take some notes. I do all of my DFS stuff by hand. I'm not even kidding you. All of my DFS notes that I take are all by hand. Bring your pens and pencils. Don't be ashamed. Come join me, and then let's build some rosters together. We're going to build about three of them total. Chase has officially established himself as the Charlie from Always Sunny, <laughs> the player profiler brand with that writing down everything like a madman. <laughs> it's good though. It, like I have all sorts of strategies in here. I have like, like best ball strategies, everything like I, I have. Oh, I took this guy in this round. Make sure I don't do that again. Or like, good job. You got this guy in this round. I wrote myself like little pep notes, you know, like, like. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Like, I, I literally just have notes on notes on notes. So many legal notepads at Chase Vernon's house. <laughs> I, I had to throw them all out. Like, I went back and I found my ones from 2018, right? That were all my DFS stuff. Like, Jamie can actually testify, right? Like, I used to do these solo shows. They were hour-long solo shows. And I had three to five a week that I did. Uh, I think it was three because I did one for Monday Night Football, one for Thursday Night Football, DFS, the regular show, and then a Dynasty show. And every one of my notes was all handwritten from start to finish. <laughs> Uh, all of my shows, I literally had a notepad stack about this big that I just got that I just threw out from 2018. It's pretty crazy. Jesus, that's awesome. That is awesome. And that's why we tune in because we know that you have great information and you work hard on this stuff. Make sure you tune into the big tilt tomorrow night. Make sure you tune into Wake and Take tomorrow morning on this very YouTube channel, the player profiler Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as well. Thank you all for watching. This was Wake and Take. I was Jason. That was Chase. You guys were a fantastic audience. Have a good Thursday and a good rest of your week. Peace.